Papa Jeff's America program is on the air. Anytime, any device. PapaJeffUSA.com. You know that disagree doesn't mean dislike, right? No, really. It's OG time in Houston, Texas, around the country and around the world. Welcome to the Papa Jeff's America podcast, continuing the conversation one podcast at a time, a conversation about what's going on in America, a conversation about politics, government, world events, stuff and things. With differing points of view, we are all inclusive, everything from far right to far left and everything in between. Things that you want to talk about with commentary, exhilarating guests, and what would a day be without Papa Jeff's classic old guy humor, right? So with one sort of kind of good eye, a very, some would say, unique sense of humor, and definitely a face for radio, here's Mr. Here We Go himself, the G-Man, PG the OG, Papa Jeff. It's time to continue the conversation. Papa Jeff's America program powered by OG Radio. I'm the G-Man here with you, PG the OG, Papa Jeff. We're the internet podcast that talks about the things that America, that you, want to talk about. We'll have information on how you can get a hold of us later in the program, but for now, OG Radio Houston Weather National Weather Service says high today of 87 with an overnight low of 72 right now at the airports. Houston Hobby 87, Bush Intercontinental 86, and at the OG Radio Studios in Houston, Texas, it's partly cloudy and 85 degrees. As the presidential election gets closer, the more accurate information we all have, the better, right? So today is the second in a series of weekly conversations with Andrew Wellborn from Northern California. He's been on the Papa Jeff's America program before and is an expert when it comes to the political infosphere. Andrew is the host of the 503 Report, a weekly politically-based radio talk show heard in Northern California and nationwide. A great conversation in store for today, and you'll want to join us every Thursday all through the election for the latest conversation of what's happening. Always a great time when Texas and California get together. The Papa Jeff's America program continuing the conversation one podcast at a time. More with Andrew Wellborn coming up. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I execute judgment on you, COVID-19. Oh, I caught it. Anybody in here a person of faith? Let's all pray. We should pray. We pray. Say a prayer. We pray. Pray. Let's pray. Earnest prayer. Let's pray. I brought my Bible. God walks on White House grounds. You need to send in that $3,000. $35,000. check. You're going to write your checks to Paula White Ministry. We in have. the name of Jesus. Oh. I don't do a lot of things that are bad. Let pride fall. Try and do nothing that's bad. Let pride fall. I don't like to have to ask for forgiveness. Absolutely and hallelujah. Every life brings love into this world. We command all satanic pregnancies to miscarry right now. Woe to the nation that calls evil good. So I think this was a blessing from God. And calls good evil. Andrew Wellborn from Northern California is with us. 503 Reports here at DailyNews.com. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Houston, Texas, and America. Uh, just in, in that order. That, that, that works. You, Houston just with in a that U. order. Houston, Texas, and America. Early voting yesterday, man. <laughs> Harris County, where, where I'm at. Early voting yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I made an, I, I haven't voted yet. Uh, and I also wanted to add something too that I said on a, um, on one of my buddy's shows here over the weekend, uh, just about, about ballots too, which is going to give, um, give Mr. Trump's, uh, thing on absentee ballots, a little, a little, uh, fuel, which I don't really want to do. Um, but you know, we got to put it out there because it's happening and, um, hundred and the notes here somewhere, 100 and, over 128,000 uh, ballots were cast yesterday in uh, Harris County. 
where I'm at. And that's great. Harris County, you know this, is uh, 2,000 square miles. It's actually larger uh, than the whole state of Rhode Island. So we have a a lot of stuff going with, um, and and it's it's a, a blue county. It's well known us and and pretty much Austin is is blue. Where you know up at the other end of the state, things are different. Um, we're currently our county is currently in a thing where um, the mail in ballot drop off sites have been limited by executive order um, to one per county. And ours, which in Harris County, because of its size, that reduced our mail-in ballot drop-off sites from 12 to 1. And there's been several different lawsuits. I know there's a there's one currently. There's been a couple of appeals, and I haven't followed it that close. But um, I'm not really sure where we are in that right now. And then the, the Texas GOP actually filed a case um, that they want to stop the drive-in uh, voting, which apparently is brand new. Uh, has not happened. Our uh, Harris County um, elections guru, a young gentleman, 34 years old, saw him on TV last night. He was appointed to that office because of the, I believe, medical retirement of the other uh, county clerk person in charge and came up with uh, drive-in voting. Well, the GOP is arguing that the drive-in voting is not fair for everyone. It's only designed for those that have mobility handicaps uh so anyway long 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 story i'm sure there's going to be some memes there but but um just just be and i digress but just to to add to to a little fuel to the fire on on mail-in ballots i received in the mail the other day um here in because we're in houston and uh, we used to live in reno and we've been gone from there since june of 2019 and in the mail, Monica, my wife, and I got absentee ballots from Washoe County. And I laughed, and I haven't opened the envelope. And we, you know, we, well, we could, you know, and they're joking around about voting twice and whatever. But this is the thing. We haven't been there for over a year. We're both registered to vote here in Texas. And we weren't purged from the voter rolls. And whatever the um, procedure is, it has failed because I don't know how they do it, whether when my Texas driver's license came back to, I'm sorry, to when my then Nevada driver's license was returned to Nevada by Texas. Um, I don't know. But I've got two Washoe County ballots here that I think I'm just going to put in a box where I can go back and look at 2020 and, and have a good laugh. But I don't know, memes coming on that too. Talk about memes, man. I know there, there's memes for everything. Talk, talk to me. How's, how's stuff in California? California's California, as you know, and you've touched on a lot of talking points that we can go down the road with. And that's what I enjoy about this program is that, you know, we're not afraid to be honest, unlike um, national news, regardless whether it be the big boys and girls of New York or um, all the way to conservative Fox, um, no matter how you want to look at it. One American News, of course, San Diego-based, that's growing in popularity, all the way across the board. So Papa Jeff's America, the 503 Report, you know, here we are merging for conversations on what you're talking about. California is still on fire for the most part. As a result of failed forest management policies. No, it's not PG&E's fault. No, it's not global warming's fault. Yes, it is the Sierra Club of San Francisco, California's fault. And so, you know, we always joke if there is such thing as a joke. And unfortunately, jokes sometimes, you know, rub people wrong. Yeah. But if there is a silver lining with all the forest burning, because we're very upset because we just lost our mountainside, Diamond Mountain, that you're familiar with, is mm -hmm. gone. Yeah. That beautiful tree-lined, pristine forest is gone oh. as a result of the policy of the state of California from the Sierra Club. So the only silver lining that we have is that the air quality in San Francisco is horrible, and people are breathing horrible smoke. But it, once again, it's a result of their policies. Okay, I'll get off of that little... <laughs> Soapbox. Yeah, you're not course, wrong, though. Hashtag no, Willie Brown okay. is always going to be. You're not wrong, yeah, though. So that's I hear good. you. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that early voting thing. You mentioned a lot of things. So first of all, let's take a look at 
one thing that I always talk about, I call it the 45 rule that you've heard before. And I'd usually apply it to individuals running for office. But now with what you just said, I think the 45 rule needs to apply to maybe individuals that are hired with bureau, within bureaucrats. When you talk about a 34-year-old individual coming up with this new concept of drive-up voting, I'm not sure that's a great idea. But once again, it's a direct result of inexperienced individuals who are beginning to be hired within the governments, not just in the state of California, but across America, obviously there in Harris County, Texas. And then of course, we've always talked about the absentee ballot versus the mail ballot and the big spin on the big media companies on the far left don't understand that there is a difference. Well, I take that back, Papa Jeff. I believe they completely understand that there's a difference. They just are trying to confuse people on the difference. And when you mention about the absentee vote, I'm an absentee voter. Most of Lassen County, California, up here in Northeastern California, is a absentee ballot because of how far our rural area expands. You mentioned Harris County is the size of, of Rhode Island. Lassen County is basically the size of Delaware, Rhode Island, and basically all that region back there. Mm -hmm. Anyways, not to get into this. We live in a county um, the same size, just not as densely populated. And so as a result, people have got to drive miles and miles and miles to the polling. They're not gonna do it. It's a ranching community up here, very rural. And so we do the absentee as a majority as a county anyway. And so when the governor, Gavin Newsom, in the state of California wants to issue ballots just randomly to individuals who have never voted before, um, you know, the, the problems that a lot of counties in the state of California are going to have, we're not going to have up here because our county clerk is already geared up, ready to go. But when you talk about the voting rolls, you, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of you for making the statement of how you have received an absentee ballot from your prior residence. Now, here's the issue with this. And here's the question maybe for all the listeners. You know, what is the process? How do we delete you from Washoe County now that you live in Harris County, Texas? Washoe County is not going to know. Washoe County um, mailed your absentee vote, whether you were requesting absentee or not, is kind of interesting, or did you receive that as a result of Nevada just adopting a mail process? But the reality is, is that Washoe County has got absolutely no idea that you are out of the county. And there is no reporting obligation, or should we say process, for Harris County reporting to Washoe County that you're no longer there. Right. So it does open up the opportunities that the president is talking about, in particular, not necessarily absentee ballots, but just ballots out there unaccounted for in general. So one of the points that we were discussing earlier on my Fired Up Friday program in the morning with my co-host Chris Montgomery from The Morning Show um, on JDX Country 93.3 is the question of accountability of the ballots. So in other words, there's a, big, there's a lot of confusion out there and I'm correcting actually a lot of my friends. Um, no. They're not accepting ballots up to 10 days after the election. They're accepting ballots that are postmarked on election day up to after 10, 20 days after election because they're anticipating um, just a huge amount of impact on the Postal Service. And the question is going to be is whether or not the Postal Service can deliver these ballots on time. So there is a lot of misinformation that's going on on both sides when it comes to the mail-in process. But, you know, you're just, you're just a great example. How many individuals are going to vote twice who are not going to be held accountable for? How many people out there are not going to be as scrupulous as you and your wife to be able to set the ballot aside and kind of chuckle a little bit? Well, actually, you know, engage in that ballot. How many Californians have entered into the state of Georgia right now that are voting in early voting? which it doesn't matter if they vote back in California because California is going to bleed blue anyways. But, you know, that's, that's the whole issue with the early voting that's happening. Accountability of the ballot. And as you know, you asked what's going on in the state of California. Recently, the state of California passed a law 
uh, coming into this election cycle because California was one of the last states that held off of what's called the real ID for your driver's license, as you're aware. Right. And what the real ID for your driver's license has to do is whether or not TSA is going to acknowledge your driver's license as being a valid identification in order to board a plane. Well, the reality is, is that California has got a lot of non-U.S. residents that have driver's licenses, and California held off to the last minute as far as requiring individuals to have the real ID. And so as a result of California implementing the real ID program, um, they did an automatic voter registration, as we were talking about last week. And so you now have millions and millions and millions of people in the state of California who have never been registered to vote, who are now being mandated to register to vote through the ID process. And they're going to receive a ballot in the mail. And quite frankly, a lot of them are not going to know what to do with it. Now, that is going to set up the opportunity for the Democrat um, agents out here. And when I say agents, it's not a bad word. That's what we're referred to. You know, we're just out there. The Republicans have got them too, getting out there and knocking on doors, recruiting votes. But the re Democrat side is going to be able to identify these individuals because all of a sudden, mysteriously, they were registered as a Democrat. And so they're going to have access to the voter files to go to these address, knock on doors, and be able to harvest that ballot. And what that means is they're going to be able to get that ballot from an individual who does, probably doesn't care one way or the other, have that individual fill it out, and then deliver that ballot uh, to the voter, um, to the county when it comes to um, the voter register. So that is the big issue that the president is talking about. He's not talking about absentee ballots. He's just talking about all of these millions of ballots out here in the state of California, which is true. The president is absolutely true, absolutely correct, Papa Jeff, when he talks about the millions of unaccounted for ballots being sent out uh, unsolicited, unsolicited, but automatically based on a driver's license. So, yeah, I mean... When we talk about record numbers of early voting, I go back and forth on my opinion when it comes to early voting. When you see the early numbers coming out in Georgia, Georgia had a record number. That's what they're touting. I wouldn't get too excited for the most part because it's a question of how many of those early voters are normal voters. They're just voting early. But time's only going to tell. Are we going to see the drop off? Um, and then, of course, the question is, is how many of the early voters, what party affiliation and who they're voting for? So, yeah, we, I mean, all of this is going to be determined after the election. That's what political scientists will do. Professionals in the business will do. All that information is not going to be harvested for the purpose of establishing future models within the political science profession until after the election. So, yeah, I mean... As far as I'm concerned, Papa Jeff, you know, the easier we make it for individuals to be able to vote legally and have a process that we can identify you as a legal voter, then the better it is for America as long as the individual wants to vote. I, I completely agree. Uh, there's, there's flaws in the system for sure. And I understood right away when President Trump talked about the difference between absentee ballot and uh, whatever the other term was, there's been several. And in my particular case, and being a, an honest, you know, law and order guy, those ballots, like I said, are just going to sit there for me. But they were unsolicited from Nevada. And however it worked, and, and I, I can remember what you were saying with uh, Real ID, I remember doing that. Uh, I was still in Nevada and had to provide a whole bunch of documents, including birth certificate and proof of residence, power bills and, and things like that in order to get that particular document so that I could fly. And, you know, and then they tied that in, it sounds like in California with what used to be the original uh, uh, motor voter program. And um, now they're just, they're sent out yeah. and it's, um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm not, 
Uh, I, I'm m- more in uh, left of center, but it's it's got to be fair. It's got to be, you know, because that's the only way that it works. I, I agree with you. The the people that are early voting are they regular voters? Of course, the the left media is saying you know it's it's Democrat. It's this. I mean, going back to to our day, uh, it, it sells newspapers. You know, because that's really that's really what's out there. We'll see what happens. I mean, the lines are long and the, the, the narrative is that, you know, people have been waiting 11 ish hours plus, and that's voter suppression. And, okay. Mm. Um, You know, we're, we're going to go here in the next days and, and get ours out of the way because I mean, I mean, I qualified um, because of my, my vision disability, I could get an absentee ballot. I I don't want to do that and chose not to do that and we're going to go and do it and we and they say make a plan oh we've we've got the plan uh where we haven't set the exact day we're going to go do it we're we're taking lunch and maybe dinner and we're going to do it and and it's a crazy way to have a date when you're older but it's going to be date day for us you know and and we're going to go vote and and we're just you know because that and thank god we still have that right to do that i mean because so many countries don't you know, um, Mr. Putin, I saw something the other day, and it may have even been on a, a documentary. Um, HBO's got a couple of them out. I know I, I, I've heard you talk about it before, but, he, you know, he got something like 20-some percent of the vote. Nope, don't like that. And so <laughs> he just changes everything yeah, up so yeah. that he can have 100% of the vote. It's 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 crazy. We'll have to see what happens. I mean, I'm glad people are voting, and I think it's going to bring a lot of people out that are – maybe haven't voted before because there's just so many narratives on both sides of the aisle. Um, the, the whole COVID thing, I think initially had people scared. Um, I, I being one of them. And I think now it's got them, it's got them fired up. You talk about fired up Friday with, with Chris, I think people are fired up. I think they're, they're, they're going to vote. They should only vote once. Uh, but you know, they're, they're going to do it. I think that's, I think that's what's, that's what's happening. And you're right. We'll have to see where the numbers yeah, go. People way smarter than me are going to figure out what it means. Well, after the fact, I mean, it's always history. So, you know, political science is about analyzing data from the past in order to try to predict the future, which is used to be very accurate, but I'm going to get into that later on in the program about polling. But, you know, you, you mentioned a, a word I like to use all the time, voter suppression. That's two words, actually. But a process, should we say, that I mention all the time. Um, you know, when we talk about what you just said, early voting, um, the Democrats, or should we say, let's just let's let's take the partisan out of it. Let's just let's just look at it on an analytical side point, should we say? So, people who show up to vote, the question is going to be in Georgia, in Harris County, the hundred thousand plus people who showed up um, to break a record on early voting, are they normal voters? We don't know that yet. Are they voters that would normally vote one way or the other? Let's just say that the majority of them are Democrats that are showing up. Are they normal voters? In other words, they're just voting today, and they're obviously not gonna be able to show up on election day to offset uh, the polls that normally, or the voting polls, should we say, um, that normally occurs on election day. That's what's going to be interesting. But meantime, I talk about voter suppression. I call it legalized voter suppression that's been going on forever, Papa Jeff. And it's always been the biggest complaint. And when the networks, for instance, early on election day, as you know, the West Coast, California, Washington State, Oregon, Nevada, Arizona, you know, we, our polls are open later. And so when the Eastern states throughout the Midwest began to call the election, traditionally Californians, especially on the conservative side, Republicans just say, screw it. I'm not going to waste my time after a long day work to go wait in line when my vote's not going to count since they've already basically called the election and the state's going to go blue anyway. That thought process, process, should we say, is a normal legalized technique to prevent people from voting. 
Now, the scientific fact that I use all the time is the state of California in 2000. In the year 2000, because of this technique that's used across the nation through networks of media, had one million registered Republicans just showed up to vote anyway in the state of California in the year 2000. The state of Florida would not have mattered because it would have surpassed the Democrat vote in the state of California. But the Democrats do it as well. They'll just stay home. Oh, it's already called. It doesn't matter. Now, that's been the case, Papa Jeff, in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin for decades. So when we see reports that the state of Pennsylvania, that the Republicans are out-registering um, new voters in these states than the Democrats, that's the real number to pay attention to. So we're in the same spot that we were uh, four years ago. And I remember so many of my friends were confident that President Trump was going to win. Oh, I just believe he's going to win. I just believe he's going to win. And I'm looking at everybody and said, I'm not sure because I was pretty sure that the Republicans were going to lose the state of Nevada, which they did. And I also understand how the state electoral process works, meaning that if you're going to lose three states in the flyover, that would be Colorado, New Mexico, and then if you lost Nevada, you've got to pick up a state somewhere to offset that. So while everybody was excited and believed that President Trump was going to win, my scientific head was like, yeah, I don't see it at this point. And then, of course, on my radio program, I referred to it that in the state of Wisconsin, in the state of Pennsylvania, there are so many registered Republicans that say that they support, which creates a fool's gold polling on the internals. And Mitt Romney did it. He chased it. Um, and when I heard President, Don well, at that time, candidate Donald Trump began to chase the fool's gold, I was like, oh, boy, I don't know. Because traditionally, the voters of Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan that say that they support and give the information to the internal polls, they normally don't show up to vote. And as we said on my program, on the 503 report, it was going to be, have to be a great white hope. Now, I'm not being how that sounds. The reality is, is that it was going to be, have to be a huge turnout of white male voters that normally do not turn out because they have the same stigma, the same thought that why waste my day because Pennsylvania is going to go blue anyway. Right. Why waste my day because Wisconsin is going to go blue anyway. And the same effect for Michigan. Because guess what? They have been pounded in their thoughts that their vote doesn't matter, which is why I've coined the phrase legalized voter suppression. So that didn't work. And to the surprise of the Democrats, white male voters that traditionally have never voted showed up to vote. And it's driving them nuts, which is why you're playing the race card. I'm sorry, not you. That's why the Democrats and the left are playing the race card. Trump is a white supremacist, and he's playing to the base. No, you're not. He's just motivating white conservative middle-class voters who have traditionally not voted to the polls to vote. So now as we look at the polls, the polling across America, it does not surprise me, Papa Jeff, that the president might be 10 points down nationally. I mean, goodness gracious, if you took any of that polling sample from California and New York, it's clearly going to show that the president is going to be down nationally. But really, it comes down to the individual counties and the individual states. And that's where the pros go. That's where the individuals, not to give them a cheap plug, love him, hate him, whatever. Mr. Carl Rove is brilliant at. And um, he showed that in the 2000 campaign by identifying one particular county of a state in West Virginia, which was the deciding factor for President Trump, I'm sorry, President George to win. So here we go. Early polling, early voting, should we say. The national polls are showing the president down. 
early voting at this point in time across national media clearly shows the Democrats are motivated. In Florida, the Hispanic vote is huge. We just assume that that is going to be Democrat when they mistakenly look at Hispanics and, and call the Cubans as Hispanics, and there's a difference. All of this information is designed 100% to prevent people from going out to vote. It is legalized suppression. It is oversampling that has occurred. And what upsets me the most, Papa Jeff, is that we have all these agencies, these news companies, they are destroying the legitimacy of a very scientific business. And as a result, it's gonna to be tough for individuals within the polling industry to recover, especially if these numbers do not pan out. And I believe the reason that they're doing this also, Papa Jeff, is so that when, if, if, if the voter fraud occurs, and if all of the voter harvesting occurs illegally, and the ballots come in overwhelmingly because of maybe some nefarious um, operations and, and, and processes, it's going to try to legitimize it that, wait a minute, the polls nationally were ahead anyway. So it will cover up any potential cheating that may occur. Interesting. That's, I, I hadn't looked at it from, from that um from that standpoint um of course you you That's know you got me on your show my friend well absolutely <laughs> you you are the expert here i i am the uh you know i i'm the <laughs> i'm certainly not the voice of reason here um but no that that is why you're here and i'm and i'm so grateful that you are here to share with uh with not only my people but with with your people as well about what's actually going on because you've done this for uh, a lot of years and it's true. the The news media's all the different outlets are going with the with the numbers and different analyses, and all depending on whether you're, you know, whether you're watching right media, if you will, conservative media, um, you know, Fox and and OAN, yeah, OAN, or as I've heard them referred to as State Television One and State Television Two, um, you know, they everybody is is using numbers and and. It's it's going to be interesting uh, to see where it goes, and and I know you're watching it uh, on on more than a daily basis, and and we'll see more as we go, and we'll have more uh, because we're going to continue this series right on through the election, and so keep people. Uh, well, it's three and a half to one at this point in media coverage, my friend. Not to not to pull a, you know, excuse me, excuse me, Miss Cameron, I'm I'm speaking here, but anyways, um, <laughs> about how we look at it, man. It's a, you know, not to be the old proverbial fly within the campaign walls, you know, I mean, I, but, you know, I mean, look, man, I mean, this business doesn't, it's just new players. And it's not that difficult for an old pro to see how the new pros are playing and figure out what strategy that they're playing within old set rules of the election game. But the reality of the media coverage right now, let's just call it three and a half to one. In other words, you have three left-leaning major media companies against half, and I would say Fox News, because Fox is no longer that far-right conservative station it is, against a real network. And, and you know what? One American News is doing a great job, and it's a startup network, and they do a great job as far as reporting news uh, for the most part. And they're gaining popularity, and I can understand how the big boys don't want competition. They don't want the competition. You know, anytime you can suppress a new automobile that gets 80 miles to the gallon, you know, they're, they're going to buy that out. You know, they're going to buy that technology out, the big three. Same with the media corporation. But, you know, the president of the United States, whether we like him, hate him, no matter how you feel about the president, the president really, I mean, he's doing what he said he was going to do, plus a little bit more. And when you're able to do what the president said he was going to do, you're going to make people angry. And when you piss off corporate America that owns the corporate media, then you're going to see what we're seeing in media against the president. And even Fox News has shifted completely. I always refer to the Rasmussen poll as being my number one poll, but now 
Scott Rasmussen does not own the Rasmussen poll anymore. Scott Rasmussen sold it. And so now I'm seeing even the Rasmussen poll, which is a pro, which is a for-profit poll, uh, leading the way a little bit, shifting a little bit. And I'm kind of concerned about the legitimacy of my go-to poll now. And so the big game right now is really, like I said, everything except for One American News, thank goodness, because they're actually reporting uh, from the inside of the White House versus everybody else's spin on the White House. So I've got a meme, and we'll talk about memes. I, if I was going to put a meme to, together, and I'm going to go partisan here, my friend, it's just real simple. If I was going to be real big on the meme business, I'd say, forget about the media. Just vote Republican. It'll be all good. <laughs> yeah. And and you'd get a lot of you'd get a lot of traffic on that because memes seem to be where it's at. I'll admit I have put up memes, uh, you know, on on my social media. And you and I had a conversation last week off air uh, about just how much people do pay attention to social media. And I think people should not necessarily get their news from social media or be careful what your sources are and. And even into that documentary that you that you and I've been talking about, which we can get into later as well, is that what's your source? What's what are you putting up? What are you what are you putting your name on? And that's you know you just got to be so careful. I agree with you. the The Rasmussen poll has been historically conservative, um, and obviously we know that Fox News, that organization, has been. Uh, conservative right wing for uh, years and years, and they're they're changing up. I don't know that some have said they're turning on Trump. I think that that sells newspapers, um, but the the numbers are certainly shifting, and it's going to be interesting to watch um, with with what's coming on. I I actually think the the in in meme world, I think the the fly actually got more play than actually what was said and what was actually done or maybe not done at the uh pence harris if you want to call it a debate whatever whatever that was no it was a debate it was great i mean he whooped the heck out of her he did exactly what i said was going to happen i i i said it last week on your program or, or i said it the day of the debate the kamala harris has got no debate experience that Democrats don't debate out here because they don't have to. Right. And it clearly showed. And one of the things that I said also this week, man, I mean, I, I just, when she said, I'm speaking, I'm speaking. I, I mean, I, look, Papa Jeff, every divorced, married man across America cringed when she said that. Every divorced man across America cringed because they saw their ex-wife lawyer. Every married man cringed because they saw their current wife during a dispute. And I didn't think that it boded that well. And, and you know, they quickly, they, they, they quickly killed that. They, they promoted it very fast, but I have a feeling the blowback on that was, was huge when, when, when she came across that way. But anyways, I, I heard about you because uh, I, I was watching your live version of your uh, of your broadcast, the 503 report. And I, I heard you say that and I chuckled because she went into, she went into prosecutor mode and, and oh my, it's, <laughs> I, I had to laugh and I, I think that's great guys. You definitely need to. Um, and, and we're going to put all, we're talk we talk about the links all the time, but uh, you guys need to check out Andrew's program uh, on Fridays or, or one of the Saturday repeats, uh, 503 report. Um, he does it live on Facebook as well, but it's, uh, it's mainly over sierradailynews.com. And you need, to, you need to follow that. I've always been a fan. And, um, I, you know, I, I can't get enough of this, the, the politics stuff. And, he, and Andrew, believe it or not, does talk about other stuff other than politics. But it's a, it's a good thing. And you guys need to, need to check it out as well. It's, a, it, it, it's not a meme. It's, it's for real. Yeah, we're a real radio show uh, up here in Northeastern California that's getting ready to evolve into podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you know, it's, it, it is, we're three weeks out, 
roughly, give or take. The president's back on the campaign trail. The nastiness about him being a super spreader now. You know, the big fear factor, now let's talk about strategy, Papa Jeff. Let's, once again, let's take our partisan hats on and discuss strategy. The, the big deal, and, and hopefully the, the, the voters, at this point in time, I, I'm really not sure how many people are going to be out there that are, are available to change their mind. I think that this election is already decided, Papa Jeff, as, as I'm going to discuss this week on the 503. The question is, is whose army is going to show up on the battlefield? That would mean whose army is going to get out and vote? Right. How big is each army going to be? That's going to decide this, this election. This election is already decided. But the panic that the Biden campaign, I think, has right now is the fact that President Donald Trump survived. He didn't go on a ventilator. And he clearly shows that, hey, we can survive. And let's face it, man, when, when the news came out that he contracted the coronavirus, people had him on a ventilator. Oh, yeah. The 25th Amendment. We need, to, we need to have things in place. Everybody believed that the president was going to die because of his age, his obesity, all of these symptoms, and it clearly showed that you can survive it. And that's a point that in America we need to celebrate. And I wouldn't care if it was President Barack Obama, to be honest with you. I wouldn't care if it was President Hillary Clinton. The reality is, is our president survived. And that message of hope that we can beat this and more people are living and surviving than the unfortunate numbers that are, are perishing is a good thing in America. When we see the athletes, when we see um, football games being shut down and closed because of uh, the coronavirus and all this other stuff, you know, we need to celebrate that these athletes are surviving. The games are going on because people are living. So this 100% creates a huge, huge um, disposition for the Biden campaign who has solely put all of his eggs into the coronavirus. And so this message of hope and our ability to beat it through herd immunity, maybe through some of the medications that the president was willing to take um, that are in experimental phases that FDA wants to drag its feet on. Um, it, it, it's something that we should be hopeful for. And it should show that the president, first of all, is strong. And he's taken on all of the nasty issues of Washington, D.C., including the coronavirus, and has survived. So it really is detrimental to the Biden campaign right now going into this last couple of weeks. And the president being out on the campaign trail is the last thing that the Biden campaign wanted to see. I think that's very true. Um, that was not, I, I don't think that they, they wanted him to pass away, certainly. And, and I'm happy that he did survive oh, this. Oh, oh, Papa Jeff, Papa Jeff. No. 40% of that Democrat out there on freaking social media wanted him to die unfortunately well yeah i mean that social media feed was death celebrating his future death that's neither here nor there but you're a horrible human being in my opinion if you want any president to die whether it be hillary clinton whether it be barack obama jimmy carter bill clinton anytime you wish a president would die man you are deepening into the depths of your inhumanity when it comes to that I, I agree. I, I definitely agree. I was, uh, I am pleased that he survived. Um, I, I am, and I am hopeful of um, the treatments that are there. I don't, I, you know, I've heard the arguments about the FDA um, working perhaps against him. You quoted it as, as dragging their heels. Um, the, and I, the experimental things that, that he was given, I think there is that reality that he was given those treatments because of who he is. Doesn't mean that it can't lead to other folks being able to have those particular treatments. Um, I, I believe the the Regeneron 
again, from my sources was that the phase, whatever phase study that was in. And then of course there's that, you know, they throw in the blurb that he has, Trump has a financial stake in that particular uh, company. People with money have their money places. That's just how it goes. But I, I think that there is something to be said for the, um, uh, the monoclonal uh, antibody treatment that he was given. I'm glad. I am very glad. I don't think we hear, we don't hear anything about Melania, but that's not really, I, we just have to assume that it's, everything's okay with her because we don't hear about her because it's about him. Um, but I, I, I think it's a great thing. And um, everybody's surviving at this point, Papa Jeff, everybody's surviving. The 14 suspiciously infected individuals within the Trump administration, including two, three, should I say, U.S. senators who were on the Judiciary Committee. Right. So that's a whole different conversation. But I don't think he received it, Papa Jeff, just because he's the president. I think he received it because he trusted the science. And he said, hit me with the science. So the president did trust the science of medication and was willing to receive it on an experimental, believed in the science, and it's worked so far. But do you think and he's willing can... at this point in time to show that he was a test subject. And he's made the commitment that the medications that he used would be provided across America, distributed across America, free of charge. What more do we want? And if he's able to do that, I, I think that's great. Um, you know, I had read where just the remdesivir that he was giving, not the, not the Regeneron. Remdesivir, I believe, was invented in 2009. I could be off a little bit, but you know, remdesivir, and he had several different doses, is a thousand dollars a dose. So you know, the the Regeneron, and who knows what's going to happen. I I think it would be great that it's available to everybody. Um, I I don't know if if that treatment would be available to you or me, maybe at at as we speak right now. Um, but you know, let's let's assume the best that it's going to be out there and it's going to be available. Um, I, I looked at the numbers this morning. Let's be and, positive. Well, absolutely. I, I, I agree. Let's, let's stay positive. And, and like you By said. By the way, I, I liked how you are being able to enunciate these words because this, this is showing your medical background because I can't enunciate them. And, uh, <laughs> you know, my girl's always pounding me on that. She always, because, you know, she's, she's got a biological science background and she's always trying to help me enunciate these words and I can't but it's pretty cool listening to your medical background to be able to say all of these drugs and be able to explain what they do yeah I've, I've got uh, still quite a bit of my paramedic knowledge that's in there certainly it's it's not the level that physicians would be uh, but yeah there's a lot of knowledge in there and that's one of the things that I can say even when I'm having discussions with my wife and my kids is that I do understand the science somewhat. Um, I'm definitely not an expert at it, but um, you know, I, I did take a lot of people to the hospital over the years that I did that and was able to help a lot of people, not everybody, but you know, it's true. And, and I appreciate you saying that. I, I, was, I was looking at the numbers this morning of, of COVID deaths and the latest number that I saw was 217,086. And I know there's, there's question out there of how, the numbers, how the cases are counted. Uh, I was actually at an appointment, a doctor's appointment yesterday, and the medical assistant, we got into a little bit of political discussion, and she was saying that, uh, that well, it's the way that the tests are counted, and, and you know, so that's, that's out there as well. It, it, what is the number? How is the number coming up? I, I just, I feel for the families that have lost a loved one that have that as, as you know, Mr. Biden would say, you know, that you have that empty chair at your table and we're headed for the holidays. And, you know, I feel for that. And, and I'm hopeful, as you said, that um, that the, the remdesivir and and the uh, the Regeneron and 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 other treatments, although I hear several different uh, studies have been put on hold because of uh, negative reactions in some patients. I don't know. I hope it all happens as President Trump says um, it's going to happen, and I and I will hold out that hope. The cynicism that I have as I get older <laughs> kind of plays into that as well, and I, I think 
I, I think that's kind of part of my success yeah. of just who I am, you know, as I kind of look at things with a little bit, eh, yeah, am I jaded on a lot of things? Yeah. And the paramedic stuff that, that made me a really cool guy, that's where Papa Jeff came from, um, you know, has kind of jaded me a little bit too, because I, I did see folks that, that took their medications, took their, their mental health medications, and that's a whole different subject for a whole different broadcast. But, you know, people take their, their uh, behavioral medications and they feel better and they say, I don't need those. And they don't take them and they go right back to where they were. You know, so I'm taking the same people to the hospital and that particular environment in Reno, I saw a lot of the same people every day. And eh, it's frustrating. But on the other hand, I, I wasn't like, and I'm, I digress. Uh, we both do. Um, my thing wasn't some of the thing where the, the older paramedics uh, were, were different than the younger paramedics. There weren't very many of us old guys around. The younger ones like to do the trauma. They like to race into the intersection and, you know, take care of the person who's been in a car crash and their head's hanging off from their carotid artery. You know, they wanted to, to take care of them. And I was good at that. I could do that. But I preferred the calls where I could hold grandma's hand on the way to the hospital and reassure her where you were taught that you don't tell them you're going to be okay because don't promise something to somebody you can't promise them. But ma'am, we're going to do everything we can for you. Here's what we're doing. Here's what's going on. And so I, you don't want to give people false hope. And I don't know if we have false hope here coming up in this election. We're certainly, but, but we got to stay positive. And you are absolutely right. And I'm glad you said that because I tend to be to go on to the other side. That's everything's all doom and gloom. Even my wife tells me that. Um, but we need to stay positive. You're right. We need to put a meme on about being positive. Well, when you, you know, great, they name two things. And, and I know, man, we always run short of time. And, and, you know, the big thing is you, you, you said two things I think are very key. And, you know, the president's being criticized because of the Bob Woodward interview. Wouldn't what you just said, you don't give folks false hope, be exactly what the president was saying when he said we didn't want to panic at this point because we just didn't know i mean should we not celebrate how honest the president was being versus how deceptive we're trying to portray it as i mean the president didn't have to say that to mr woodward but he said it because he was being honest and straight up as we said should we celebrate that transparency with the president rather than condemn it and for the 200,000 individuals that have lost fam, you know, that are gone, 200,000 impacted families, should we say, you know, why we are horribly, horribly sympathetic to it. Shouldn't we say to the 7 million people that have survived, the 7 million families out there that have family members who have survived, thank you for the hope you give to America. And for the individuals that are volunteering their plasma for the purpose of research and development, we should thank them as being the ultimate patriot, shouldn't we? Regardless of party line. And that, in my opinion, is what we need to be celebrating, which is part of how great America is versus how bad America is. And you know me well enough to know Papa Jeff, I'm not a coward. And we don't run as first responders. The only running we do is into the incident, into the action. And the image that Vice President Joe Biden is given is that we are weak. Trust the science because we are weak versus the president says, hey, trust the medical science because we're strong and we are surviving. Trust us as Americans. And unfortunately, in any war, any war, there are going to be casualties. And unfortunately, we have 200,000 casualties within this, this virus war that's going on across America. But Papa Jeff, the exposure rates, which is being sensationalized, I believe represents survival rates. And so for all of the people who are sensationalizing for political purposes, the numbers of exposure are going up. The numbers are going up. I don't think that that's a bad thing when it comes to our society being able to develop the, the immune system to be able to fight this off. And unfortunately, it, it does come down to Darwinism. The strong survive. 
And so what we've learned with this virus needs to be the science, should we say, we're getting better, we're getting better. What we thought we knew is no longer what we knew, which is normal evolution of science, is that, hey, if you meet this criteria, if you have these conditions, then be cautious for yourself. Rather than making everybody, because you may be asymptomatic, you may be this, you may be that, you may be a carrier. No. If you believe you're susceptible, then protect yourself. Don't mandate that I, and by the way, man, I'm coming from the point of view that I'm tested every two weeks because of my profession, whether I like it or not. Right. And I am negative five straight tests, which is why I will not wear a mask. So that needs to be the position of America. If your immune system is weaker because of whatever reasons, then take the precautions to protect yourself. If you get it because you believe you're Superman, you got a good chance of survival. And when you survival, when you survive this, Papa Jeff, we're coming out stronger as a nation. And when we're looking at 7 million people being exposed, I look at it positively that we are becoming stronger, not weaker. And it shows the president as being a strong leader, not a weak leader. Whether we like the president or not, him being back on the campaign is destroying 80% of Vice President Biden's campaign platform. And if you're a Trump supporter, you're loving it. Oh, yeah. And if you are everybody else across America, you are absolutely hating it. And you're going to do everything to bring that positive message down into the gutters of negativity in the name of political gain. And that, my friend, is where we don't need to be. The lying and denying in this presidential race must stop. And as Americans, we cannot get caught up in the lie and the deny. And I've never seen it as much as I've seen it ever in my career, in my three decades of covering politics, both in the state of California and at the national level. Well, I think you're absolutely right. I think one, one thing's for sure. Well, there's a couple of things. There's nothing more permanent than change. Um, and we are going to come out of this regardless of who's going to win, we are going to come out of this stronger. And I think we're going to see a lot in the next three weeks, for sure. We're going to be talking about all of it. Um, I think that there's, uh, I think this is a good place for us to, unless you had something specific that you you wanted to add into this week, I think this is a good place to, uh, to pause. Um, yeah. I, I think there's a... I, I think there's, um, is Mr. Trump not doing a, a town hall this week uh, as well with uh, NBC, with Savannah Guthrie? I thought I had heard something about that. I haven't done the research on it. But. Oh, they're, they're doing a town hall. They're doing something. You know, they're going to do three to one on, 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 on Mr. Biden. He's going to have three networks carried. And I'm, I'm not sure what the networks are. But, you know, we're going to watch and see. And then, you know, this just builds up to the next debate. No matter yeah. how we look at it. The third debate's gonna happen, no matter what. And I'm okay. I'm not getting caught up in all of the political spin. I'm okay with the second debate being, you know, postponed or canceled. Um I'm I'm okay with that for all the cautionary reasons that everybody wants to take. But now, I mean, if I was if 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 I was President Trump and 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 Vice President Biden had contracted the coronavirus, I would have yielded to him. I would have said, Hey, go get healthy, Joe. Go get healthy and then we'll continue. Um, you know, the, the, I would have taken that humane, you know, approach. Mm -hmm. But I want to leave your listeners with this thought real quick, um, Papa Jeff, because this is once again a message that I always say on the 503 report. Nobody, when they run for the president of the United States, Papa Jeff, has got the experience necessary to be president of the United States. Nobody is ready to take that seat. The only individual that has any experience running the country will be the incumbent four years later. And then we, the people across America, get to decide whether or not the experience that the incumbent has 
warrants a second term to continue on the experience. So the reality is, and the question is, is whether or not President Donald Trump deserves a second term, just like any other president. Now, love him, hate him, it doesn't really matter. The real deal in the political world, Papa Jeff, is that President Donald Trump definitely deserves a second term in office. And I'm saying that more so on a historic side versus a partisan side. Because as a partisan, Donald Trump is not a partisan Republican. He was an interloper who came in and successfully took over the Republican Party in the way that Bernie Sanders was attempted to interlope into the Democrat Party unsuccessfully. So across America, the big question we have to ask is, you know, are we better off, the proverbial, than we were four years ago? Um, does this president deserve a second term to continue the direction of America? And deep down inside, that's where we are when it comes to our voting. And um, we're gonna see it maybe either election night or two weeks after the election. It doesn't really matter. I'm fine with the results not being you know, tallied until a couple weeks after election day so that we get it right. I'm not opposed to that at all. But you know, I, I wanna leave your vote, your, your listeners with the thought of what I just said. And yes, all my years of experience, um, this president, when we look at it historically, has done amazing things for this country, regardless of the rhetoric. And um, I think if we really set aside our partisan differences, um, because let's face it, man, the Republicans did not embrace Donald Trump when he was running to seek the nomination. Um, he was a nightmare for the Republican Party. And I think most of the Republican establishment understands that President Donald Trump is not a Republican puppet for the party. And whether we like it or not, as partisan Republicans, we have no control or power over the president. But what makes the president a great president, Papa Jeff, is that nobody has control over this executive. And when nobody has control over the president of the United States, then we see checks and balances. And then we see the constitution and the process and the, the positions of government work. So anytime we have a president that is not controlled by anybody, I think that other than the American people, I think that's great for the American people. I completely agree. And we are going to see a lot in the next three weeks. We are happy that President Trump is uh, doing well, still uh, certainly medically speaking, he's still on the recovery side, but he's doing well. He's back out on the campaign trail and he's, he let Trump be Trump and that's what he's doing. And we will be with you, uh, uh, Andrew and me, which is mainly Andrew. I'm hanging out just to be pretty. And Andrew <laughs> is going to be with us uh, every week, right up and uh, through the election. And we're going to have more uh, interesting conversations with what's going on. We'll keep you abreast of it. Check out Andrew's program, uh, The 503 Report, uh, crdailynews.com. He is Fridays at, is it 12.15 or 12.30 Pacific? Well, you know, it starts whenever the news ends. So it's around 12.15-ish. Um, you know, I usually start the show playing my song, Born American Pride. So, you know, some dead air time on the live feed. And for any of your listeners that want to follow me just on Facebook, you know, you can find me at the 503 Report, F503REPORT on Facebook. And I stream that live. And if you want to follow us, then, you know, give us a like. And uh, if you don't like what you see, then unlike us and don't follow us. <laughs> uh, you guys need to follow it because he's amazing. And not only from the political sense, but from the, the personal sense, the friend, the friend sense as well. I've been friends with him and his, and his wife for a number of years and, and just two very, very amazing people and have been definitely uh, 
a part of behind my success here. And we certainly appreciate being affiliated with uh, those guys and with the 503 report. So we're going to be with you next week. Uh, you guys are hearing us on Thursday or after uh, this week, and we'll be with you next uh, Thursday as well. More stuff to come. Stay safe. Be good. And um, yeah, there you go. We will, everybody sit tight. We'll be back. Andrew, we'll see you next week. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks for having me, my friend. Thank you for joining us today for the Papa Jeff's America program. The Papa Jeff's America program is recorded in Houston, Texas at OG Studios and is a production of the OG Radio Network. Check out more episodes of our podcast at PapaJeffUSA.com and please subscribe at subscribe.PapaJeffUSA.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We're on all the major platforms. Your home for Papa Jeff's America is our website at PapaJeffUSA.com. That's where you can check out more episodes of our podcast, check out the OG blog, contact us, and link to all of our social media. We want to hear from you. Your thoughts, comments, and suggestions are what make this program go. So you can send us an email on our website, or you can call or text us at 281-940-6980. Message and data rates may apply. Remember to wear a mask, stay home if you can, social distance if you can't stay home, wash your hands frequently, and take care of each other. And always, always, always practice. Disagree doesn't mean dislike. Thanks again for joining us. We're looking forward to seeing you next time when we continue the conversation, one podcast at a time.